It's probably a good practice to stop two or three times a day and ask yourself, is this something that is really going to increase my business's profitability? Or is this something that's really going to increase my chances of meeting my objectives over the next 90 days? I'm Valerie Koo from the Australian Writer Centre and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy on ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to www.productiveinsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. This episode is brought to you by the Productive Insights Done For You podcast launch service, which positions you as a leading authority in your market and successfully turns listeners into high-value customers. Book a call with me on callashroy.com to discuss how we can get started. Hey there, Ashroy, the founder of Productive Insights here. Thank you for tuning in to the 99th episode what a milestone we're about to hit on the next episode. I want to thank you so much for having been a part of this journey. It's been an absolute privilege to have you along. So I've been thinking about what I could record to give you awesome value as we lead into the massive 100th episode for Productive Insights. And I decided that I would bust a couple of productivity myths. So the two myths I want to challenge in this episode, at least for starters, uh, about the idea that time can actually be managed. This concept of time management is such a misnomer, and I really want to clarify my position on that. And the other myth I want to question is that productivity, in a lot of people's minds, is about getting more done in less time. Now, both those statements are pretty inaccurate. See, let's talk about time management first. So, Time management is actually a hangover from Frederick Taylor's scientific management theory, which he coined in the early 1900s. And they may well have applied in the industrial age, but this is the information age. Time management and scientific management was born on factory floors where they measured exactly how long a specific process took for a worker and how long it took for them to move an item from point A to point B. And it was very, very specific. They called them time and motion studies. And they were very relevant back in the industrial age. But in today's information age, time management is no longer relevant. Beyond that, I think time management in itself is an erroneous concept because when people talk about management, to me at least, it seems to imply somehow being able to improve or measure and improve on a certain concept. So when you talk about time management, what I'm thinking is you can somehow improve on time, but you can't really improve on time, can you? You've got a fixed number of hours in every day. All of us have 24 hours in the day. So it's not really time that you can manage. It's what you do within those 24 hours that you can manage. So I would rather call it energy management or attention management or focus management or task management. And there's a lot of content that I've created around task management and attention management. You might want to check out episode 31, where I go into some detail about how time management is not really about managing your time. It's actually about managing your tasks and about managing your attention. Or in episode 35, I talk about how to use your highest leverage activities to prioritize your to-do list. 
This is where I discuss task management. And to me, this is a far more effective way of managing your day. So rather than think in terms of time management, I would encourage you to consider task management, where you're focusing on activities that really move the needle in your business and or your life. See, it's really about spending most of your time in quadrant two of the Eisenhower Matrix, which was made popular by Stephen Covey. I talk about the Eisenhower Matrix in detail in episode 40. And the second quadrant is where it's at. In the second quadrant, when you're functioning in the second quadrant, you're focusing on your highest leverage activities. You're focusing on activities that really move your business forward. The stuff that is important, but not necessarily urgent. Quadrant three activities, which are the urgent but not important activities, unfortunately, these are the ones we're spending a lot of time on, you know, responding to pings on our phone and replying to emails that are not that significant or checking for text messages all the time. They're kind of interruptions in our day. These are the things that need to be either minimized or quarantined towards the end of your day. And quadrant four activities too, they're the biggest culprits, you know, cat videos on YouTube or checking out your Facebook feed for hours on end. The quadrant two stuff, now that's the stuff that really moves the needle in your business. Examples of quadrant two activities are things like recruiting a good quality employee who's going to really help to move your business, someone who can really take control and manage certain critical aspects of your business so it frees you up to specialize in areas that you're good at. So you can focus adding value to the business at your effective hourly rate. Your effective hourly rate is essentially the profit that you make annually divided by the number of hours you spend on your business annually. So let's say your effective hourly rate works out to be $100 an hour. If you're doing stuff that is $10 an hour, you're actually costing your business $90 an hour. So you're better off spending time on the quadrant two activity of hiring someone who is good at doing that $10 an hour job that you can give the responsibility of that work to so you can focus on your $100 an hour work. Now, I learned this principle of effective hourly rate from James Shramko, the founder of superfastbusiness.com. So credit where credit's due. Thank you, James. Now, the other myth I want to touch on is this notion that productivity is about getting more done in less time. This concept about getting more done in less time, again, goes back to the days of Frederick Taylor when he looked at these time and motion studies with a view to trying to get maximum output for minimum input. So it was all about cramming as many activities as possible into a limited amount of time to get a maximal output. And that again was relevant in the industrial age. But I think now the person who is able to manage information the best is the one who's likely to win, given that information is hijacking our days at an alarming rate. Now, I'm as guilty as the next guy when it comes to being distracted. And I make a conscious effort to stay focused, but I too get distracted just like anyone else. And I know that the days that I allow myself to get distracted are the days that I'm less productive and are the days when my competition is getting the better of me. So I think being able to focus on less tasks and being able to quarantine your attention to specific pieces of information at the right time and executing on tasks in the correct sequence is the key to productivity in today's information overload environment. So what are the biggest challenges when it comes to implementing this new approach to productivity and actually executing on it and actually bringing it to life in your day? 
to me, I think it's the ability to stay mindful and to be aware of when you're falling into those quadrant three and quadrant four activities, of when you're flitting your time away, of when your energy levels are high, but you're wasting those high energy levels on activities that are not really moving the needle in your business. So it's probably a good practice to stop two or three times a day and ask yourself, is this something that is really going to increase my business's profitability? Or is this something that's really going to increase my chances of meeting my objectives over the next 90 days? While I think it's a good idea to plan for years out, I think focusing on 90-day increments is a good time frame to work with on a practical level. So what are the action steps? The action steps are to make two lists. Get a sheet of paper and on the left-hand side, write a list of all the tasks that you think you need to complete over the next 90 days. You don't need to go into too much detail. Just write down the main things that you need to do. Now on the right-hand side, write down the quantifiable impact that this task is going to have in helping you meet your business goals or your personal goals. If it's possible to quantify this in terms of dollars, preferably profit, that would be great. But some kind of a quantifiable metric is a good idea so that you can compare the tasks and the impact of those tasks using an even metric. Now, mind you, some of these tasks might just not be adding a lot of value immediately to your profitability, and they might be strategically important. For example, hiring a great quality employee might take a bit of time, but in the long run, it's going to massively increase your profitability. So I'm not suggesting you use a complete rigid approach to quantifying the impact of these tasks, but having some kind of a benchmark as to what kind of profit this task is going to add to your bottom line or to your business is probably a good idea. Another way to approach the same activity is to make a list of tasks on the left-hand side of that paper and on the right-hand side, ask yourself, does this fall into the 20% of my effort that will result in 80% of my impact? Or does it fall into 80% of my effort that will result in only 20% of my impact? And obviously the stuff that falls into the latter, you want to either delegate or just not do or outsource because chances are the stuff that requires 80% of your effort and only delivers 20% of your impact is probably areas that you're not specialized in. So I hope you can see how all of these concepts really tie into each other. The Eisenhower matrix, the quadrant two activities, aligned to your 20% effort that results in 80% of your results. The 80-20 rule aligns to the Eisenhower matrix to the extent that the quadrant two activities are that 20% of the effort that result in 80% of your results. And the quadrant three and four stuff are things that probably fall into the 80% that only result in 20% of your results. You can also see how specialization is related to these concepts too, in that it implies that your area of specialization is probably what falls into your quadrant one and quadrant two activities. So I hope you find these principles useful and that you're able to apply them in your business and or your life to achieve awesome impact. Now I've got something really special lined up for you on the 100th episode, so be sure to tune in. A little hint, you'll be hearing from several people, not just me, and I can't wait to share it with you. So be sure to tune in. And if you like this content, please share it with as many people as you think would benefit from it. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon. 
Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today? 